Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Chivas del Norte podcast. My name is Varro, and I'm here with Rigo, Luis, and Flo. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's going on, What's up, yo? We just had a uh, game of the babies, season, right? man. <laughs> the game is of the really season. the game of the season. It, it was so back and forth. It was it's like the funnest game to watch. I think it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, but it made me sad. I mean, yeah, but still the <laughs> game of the season. That was sad as fuck after that. I think the first half was the great half. I hated the second half. It was, it was a great half for Chivas. Because we're Chivas fans. <laughs> we hated the second half. I think we're lucky to have walked away with one point. I think we're yeah. just... Uh, yes. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean... Because, yeah, if the, penalty go, if, if the penalty goes in that they took, if it wasn't such a bad kick and he scores it, then there probably would have been game over for us. All right. Before, so in that before, sense. Before we get into it, I'll, let me just... I'll read up the, the lineup. Um, Gudinho, goalkeeper... Backline, Van Rankin, Mier, Pereira, Ponce. Midfield, Brizuela, Molina, Villalpando got the start over Beltran. Cisneros, and then up top, Pulido and Baker. Um, first half ended 1-0. Second half, 3-3. But, um, Rigo, you could, what were you going to say? No, I was saying, I don't that was match-fixing. No, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that was one of the worst penalties. That's one of the worst penalty kicks I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's worse than, like, skying the ball. That's way worse. I but uh, I, I guess we uh, we talked about this. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this earlier or before, but watching the replay, Godinho, like, on perp, he purposely fakes diving as if he knows, like, what, what Sepulveda does. Yeah, I remember, Luis, we, we, we talked about it um, offline. Dude, yesterday, yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. And I was saying that, you know, Sepulveda and Gudinho were teammates, so maybe Gudinho kind of knew what Sepulveda likes to do when taking penalties. Yeah. Since they practice with each other and stuff. Yeah, because so I, I, I... I don't know if at, it's match-fixing. I wouldn't say match-fixing. At first instance, I just thought Gudinho, like, just stood still, but when I watched the replay, you clearly see him faking going to the right. As, as just like as if he knew, like he knew what Sepulveda was gonna do. That so he knew Sepulveda was gonna wait till the last minute. Yeah, he tried to like Firmino that penalty kick, and that that penalty kick was trash. Yeah, because it's not from the beginning. Because the beginning, yeah, <laughs> Chivas completely outplayed Nicaxa in that first half, like completely. Probably the best forty-five minutes we've seen from Chivas in a while, right? Yeah, offensively, and yeah, offensively, yeah. even sure. defensively. Because yeah. remember, Ponce was making tackles that I couldn't believe he was making, oh, and, yeah, and we're gonna go we're gonna go into that a little more after. It, but it was a tale of two Ponces. <laughs> it was. So at the twenty seventh minute is the out the Alvarado autogol that comes off an Alexis Vega cross. That Alva, I mean Alvarado is another one that had a shit game. Oh yeah, no, he he. That's one of the worst center back performances ever. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. It was it really was bad. bad. Yeah, it yeah. Was bad. I mean, if you're a striker and you head the ball that way, you're you're a god. But you're a center back and you buried that into your own net. That was trash. Now, I thought that we should have had at least three goals in that first, in that first half. Yeah, at least. 
I was going to say, even before that goal, I mean, it had been coming. We, even within the first five minutes is when that whole little scenario with uh, Alexia Vega, when he was, when the goalkeeper was chasing him out. Oh, he should have had that, man. Yeah. And so it was a few times. I think uh, Polio missed the, missed the header as well. And so it was, it was definitely coming. Like, like you guys said, we're, we're the much better team. And by the time we finally got that own goal, it felt like we could have had three by then. There was also the play of Bolido down the right wing where he he he, he escapes yes. the, the mark and crosses the ball. In. I, I can't remember who kicked it, but... Verapando. I looked, I looked yeah, up. Was it Verapando? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so we definitely should have had... We should have walked away with more than one goal that first half. But mm. even then, like, I felt really good going into the second half. I yeah. thought... I thought the way our defense has been playing all season, we had the goal, we, we were the better team. I'm like, man, this is this easy victory for us. That that Vega situation, Gonzalez got a swipe on the ball. Well, not swipe, but he got just enough to push it away where Vega had to like reposition himself, and he couldn't. He couldn't just put a bury it into the back of the net. Yeah, he couldn't angle I saw, himself. I saw people like tweeting and stuff. Uh, by the way, Rigo has life off of Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. I have no idea what it's like. You, you, if you notice, I fucking tweet. I, I text in the group chat during the games now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> before, before I mean, I would just tweet. And now we're not we, we would just we would just meet up at halftime in the group chat. Now I I text in the. Yeah, we just be ignore you because we ignore you because we're on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't let can't let off the fire text messages. <laughs> I know I'll be like, damn, this would have been a fire tweet. But on Twitter, people were saying that Vega should have had that. Um, Gonzalez got enough on it to where he forced Vega to reposition himself, and he couldn't get he couldn't put that ball into the back of the net. That, bro, that's people are just desperate. People are desperate for him to score. And again, bro, he had another. He had another good game. Like he didn't score, but he had a great game. For the yeah. second week in a row, according to SofaScore, he was the best player on the pitch for Chivas. Did you see his passing percentage? Uh, I don't know if you saw it. He completed ninety percent of the passes. Yeah, I thought him and I thought him and him and Pulido had a great game. Yes. Yeah, Vega, Vega even had that uh, he had that bicycle kick attempt too. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, all, all they were missing was Beltran to be behind them, having a great game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I just rewatched it, and it wasn't. It was a uh, Cisneros that missed that Bolito pass. Oh, it was the yeah. top of the box. Yeah, the top of the box. Okay. That makes that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, do you think Villalpando would have buried it? I don't Probably not, but and I, he didn't miss it though. Remember, it, it got deflected by a defender. But he was so wide open. I have no idea why he shot it at the defender. Yeah, he <laughs> should have been able to finesse it, I guess, into the box, into the corner of the goal. But yeah, yeah, I just wanted to correct that before <laughs> the Twitter haters come. <laughs> uh, what else from the first half did you guys remember? Was that it? We, I mean, we dominated the game. It was a lot of chances. Um, Bonse, like I said, Bonse had a great first half. Even offensively, Bonse. even offensively, he was like yeah. running up, the, getting away from players. 
I was gonna say on that uh, on that Vega play that happened in the first five minutes, it was Ponce that made the run and fed him the ball. Yeah, but like I said, I I was just waiting for Ponce to to crumble because in the group chat, Flo, you Come said back down to earth. you said Fernandez was was trash. You're like, oh, he's getting bodied, and I was like, I didn't he say was. in the chat. I, I didn't say in the <laughs> chat, but. To me, it just seemed like Bonsa got lucky on them, like the tackles he was hitting on them, because I was like, there's no way Bonsa's going to be this consistent the whole game. And you know, Fernandez is one of their main, one of Nick main playmakers. And then we go into the second half, and it just all came crumbling down for Bonsa. Bro, he was, that dude Fernandez was killing that right side, man. Whoever was there, it didn't even matter if it was Bonsa or not. It didn't matter that second half. He was killing whoever was there. Yeah, we'll yes. talk about the first Fernandez goal. Ponce was nowhere to be found. So yeah, no one... so Molina, Molina dropped to cover. Yeah, and he was too slow to cover him. Yeah, he was way too slow. He was like, uh, what did you say? <laughs> Offline. He throws his hands at you like a, like a defender oh, in basketball. In basketball, <laughs> like, yeah, when you know you're not going to run the run the guy shooting down, you just like wave your hands in the air and yell at the guy. That's, that's what uh, Molina did. <laughs> <laughs> he just throw his hands out. Yeah, the, the first goal is is not the one that takes a deflection, is it? Yeah, it was. Okay, it is. The first one takes a deflection. All right. Yeah. So the shot itself was, I thought, was a weak shot, and I think Gudinho would have had it had it not been deflected. I, I, I think when I was watching, I thought the same thing. I thought Gudinho was going to get to it. Yeah, he he dove like it was like a really soft dive. Yeah, it was like a nonchalant dive, right? Yeah, he was gonna get to it. Like it was, it was a soft shot. Like he tried to place it, but he hit it way too soft. Gudinho would have had it no problem, but it got deflected off of Pereira. So then, what do you do? What do you do there? Like not there, but what do you do on that left side when you see fucking Ponce is getting overrun by Fernandez? Like, tactically, what do you do? You just tell him to stay back? Not go up anymore? No. I mean, well, essentially, essentially the role of the role of, of Molina is he allows the fullbacks to run up. Um, yeah. So he did the right thing covering the spot. He just did a terrible job defending it. Uh, and that's that's one of the criticisms of Molina is that is he's really slow and it showed on that play. It showed on the two goals how slow he is. Because as soon as the guy, as soon as the guy just got a little bit of space, he couldn't, he couldn't stand in front of him no more. So what do you do? I mean, I guess you can try and keep Ponce back, but but then, but then, that's not the way Chivas plays. But but Ponce was having a good first half defensively, so maybe they felt it wasn't an issue that needed to be addressed, which I I was just waiting for, for it to like all fall down. Because you see it on the on the second Fernandez goal where he put Ponce in the blender. Oh my god, god. that goal was crazy! He took he took Ponce's soul, and then Molina again just got caught. Was flat-footed. that the one where he was wide open by himself for a while? No, that was or that was the first, first. That was the first goal. Yeah, that was the first goal. The second one, he takes on Ponce, flat-footed, crosses him up. Yeah, and then cuts in, and Molina kind of just gets stuck there. And yeah, Molina gets caught off balance yeah. again. Basically, he, like one bad on angle. One. 
with Godinho after. Yeah, yeah. Molina tried to take a charge or something. I don't know. <laughs> that's <More>. exact. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he tried to do. Bonsi should have subbed himself out after that. <laughs> There's nothing else to do after that. Like, yo, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> you got you got to fake like a hamstring injury or something. Like, <laughs> like ah, I got to come off. I I would have had him, but my hamstring gave out. <laughs> and then I mean, Godinho had nothing to do. One on one, basically, and he blasted it past him. Uh, at two one, I thought, I thought it was over at two one. To be honest, the way I, we were I playing, thought, I thought it was yeah. over. Yes, I thought there was before, even before the penalty. I thought, I thought there was no way we were gonna win. Now we got, like I said, I just don't trust Cardoso to yeah. be able to bring us back. Mm-hmm. But he, but I mean, he did bring us back. Was, so we gotta give him at least that. Wow. I was gonna say it was another one of those times where we're like, "What the hell does he tell these guys at halftime?" Yeah, that it's like complete opposite of what we were used to with Almeida. When it's Cardoso at halftime, it's just like they come out not energized at all, and that's exactly what we saw in this game. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I thought it was an, an embarrassing second half for a defense that's giving up no goals. Or, I mean, giving up one goal in the season to give up two, and then later on three goals. It was it was it was a very disappointing second half for Chios. Yeah, we'll let's talk about the the Necaxa penalty. It was obviously a penalty, right? We're not gonna argue that it wasn't the handball, the Pereira handball. Yeah, yeah, look clean to me. More gonna <laughs> stick to my guy. <laughs> uh, clear penalty, and like we we know we we wanted to talk about that one right away. You know, trash penalty. When, when Sepulveda gets that block in the group chat immediately, I was like, "Oh, we're fucking winning." I don't know if you guys remember, <laughs> but I texted. I was like, "Oh, we're fucking winning." It's like, never mind about losing, whatever. He, I was like, "We're winning." When he missed. No, nah, he didn't miss. Right? When he gave the I ball to Gudinho. I think I tweeted out, "Fire Cardoso!" Like when when the penalty was committed, <laughs> and then when we stopped it, I was like, "Give Cardoso an extension. We'll win this game." <laughs> Yeah, definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of it, it was fire cards. <laughs> yep, then uh, the Pulido, at the 82nd minute, Alvarado again. <laughs> he like, there's a, a cross going to the in the box. Alvarado slips, and his hand kind of gets stuck. But at the same time, he kind of just left it there. Because he knew it was the only way he was going to stop the ball. So, yeah. clear-cut penalty on that one. And were you guys worried how Bolido was going to take this penalty kick? Yes. I was. I was. Yeah. I was worried. I was lie. worried the Panenka was coming. I didn't know what he I know, I didn't know what he was going to do. I was just worried in general. <laughs> okay, you, you didn't think he was going to try to outdo Sepulveda? Or, like, just no, do the I mean, same no. thing? No. I did. He tried no. to do the same thing. He did? Yeah. I, I didn't, basically I didn't did. think he was going to do that, though. I did. I was scared. I thought he was going to just tap it down the middle. Because he's, he's like... I feel like he's that kind of asshole. Like, I don't understand why he would try and do that, though. Well, he, now he's an asshole? What the hell? Like, he, like <laughs> well, that... Varo, com- like, a competitive, you, like a competitive asshole, you know what I mean? Because that Varo Varo. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did do the same thing. He just, like... He did. Tapped he just he was able to Gonzalez. score. He just did it better. <laughs> the goalie, the goalie didn't trick him. Yeah, but it was the same thing that 
Sepulveda tried to do and failed mis miserably at. And then at the 89th minute, um, was it Pulido again? With the, yeah, yeah, the Pulido on the yep. right wing. Pulido, yep. Sex up El Tronco of uh, Madrigal. We cannot overlook the trash shot that Ronaldo had to clean up. First of all, why is Madrigal coming in? I have no on. I am trying to understand every week why Madrigal is coming in. Why he's taking out Vega and he's putting in Madrigal. I don't understand. Oh, this this week I kept track of how many crosses we put into the box. Uh, when Madrigal, I was going to ask you. Yes, it was three. Three balls into three. the box aimed at him. Well, not even aimed at him. They weren't like anywhere near him. <laughs> but it was three of them. I mean, if you're going to put him in as a target man, fucking throw in like five, six crosses. Who was subbed in first, him or, or Ronaldo? Was he, he came out first? Madrigal or, came in at the sixth minute with Gael Sandoval. And Brizuela and Vega were subbed off. And Ronaldo came in what? At the 81st for uh, Carlos Cisneros. So once again, Ronaldo, he, he trusts Madrigal more than Ronaldo. Yeah, and even though Ronaldo's been the more effective player, and honestly, I I don't even know I didn't even notice Ronaldo get subbed in. I don't know if they didn't show it on the television or what, but when he scored that goal, I was like, when the hell did Ronaldo come into the game? I was confused until I looked it up for the for the podcast. Like, he I just, came into I the just game. Don't get it. I just don't get bringing in Madrigal. It just makes no sense. Like he's he's trash, bro. He's he's terrible. He offers nothing. Yeah, he doesn't nothing. even, like, hold the ball up. Like, you know, you can play, hold the ball, like, play with your back. He, he can't even do that. Like, he gets bodied off the ball from what I've seen. He doesn't draw the fouls. Like, Wait, when, when did he bring him in again? What minute? The 66th. So, we were already down we at were that down point, right? 2-1, yeah. Yeah, he, mean, that was like his. We're gonna win. That, that was his player to. So to it bring wasn't us like back. we got a lead and we're gonna place. You know, hold up the ball. No, you know, it's no. We need a goal. Bring in this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then we're gonna and bring then, this guy to cross the ball to, and we yeah, only sent three crosses. Cross the ball three times. At at this point, do we believe he's a better header than uh, Pulido? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't even know what he what he's good at. I mean, I've yet to see him head the ball good. So I watched. I watched his. Um, apparently, he was the leading goal scorer in the Ascenso League for a year or something like that. And I watched the highlights, but I think that just proves our point about how Copa MX games don't really matter until the knockout stage, because he's so tall for that league that it's like an unfair advantage. He's kind of just standing in the box and heads it in. Yeah. But once you come up to like first division, you know, you have taller center backs, center backs that can use their body better to block you off. So I don't, I don't know if he's gonna. For Chivas, it's not working. I don't know if, if eventually it'll work in his career, but right now it's definitely not working. How do you guys feel about Real Pando playing over Beltran? I think, I think. Uh, with Molina. I mean, yeah, with Molina. I think. Uh, like how all the def a lot of the defensive areas like. I wonder, like, how much Ventran would have been able to help on some of those plays. Because the, on the second one where he crossed, where, what was the dude's name, Fernandez? Yeah. 
where he crosses, where he embarrasses uh, Ponce, Villalpando's right there next to him, but he kind of just like stands still and lets the guy go. Which we know Villalpando's not really known for his defensive qualities. He's there more for his offensive qualities. I'm going forward. I want to see Fernando Beltran. I, I was sold like two weeks ago. For sure. Yeah, I remember we talked about it when Villalpando was. Um... We say what, what would happen when he came back? When he was cleared, and we all were like, "There's no way Beltran goes to the bench," and Cardoso's like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, at first he did it when the Alpando? I think, yeah, yeah, but that was like week one that he was but cleared. No. You never bring no, a player no, back, week, right? Last week, last week, last week he no, brought him in as a sub. The Alpando was ready. He, came, he yeah. came in as a sub late. I th- I think what it was was that there was like a lack of offense, and he and spe- especially in that was the Santos game. Uh, the Veracruz game. Veracruz, Veracruz game. Yes. Uh, I think he wanted he wanted more offense, and I think he saw that when Villalpando came in, and that's why he made that sub. But I don't think it would have made much of a difference if he would have played Beltran from the beginning in, in this game. I think defensively it would have, to be honest. I think uh, he's just a better. He's he's the more com- he's probably the more, the most complete midfielder we have, box to box. And I think I think uh, his defensive qualities get a little bit overlooked. It's just going to be weird. Like, like it's, it's true. Alpando does offer you more offense. So, I don't know. I don't know what he does. I would look to switch to a four, a four three three. I mean, I don't know how how you would work Vega and Pulido into that. I mean, he likes to throw Vega on the wings already, but I don't know. But I, I want to see Beltran in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to see Beltran back in the. For, for the Atlas game. Yeah, for sure. Especially how seeing how Atlas has scored quite a few goals. I think what they were their fourth most goals in the league, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So, I, I would like to see Batran back in there for sure. Yeah, and then... Like, we're talking about our offense. And um, so, on the... On the docket or whatever. I haven't deleted, like... The offensive stacks for Chivas like last two games and we had the most shots we've had the whole season we had 17 shots this game it's uh, 7 on target 4 of them got blocked and then possession wise we had 49% which uh, I think is obvious like it was a back and forth game but um, the offense did get better this week the week before, we had 13 shots against Veracruz. And then against Santos, we had 14. So we had more shots this week. Maybe that Villalpando substitution helped. Maybe, baby. Maybe Santos is better defensively. I don't know. So much goes into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't... Actually, we, we like skipped over the... The last goal? The last Nekaxa goal. Yeah. I think we all want to forget say it. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Molina, I'm watching. So I was watching the game on Univision now. Yeah, and I had a major delay. Bro, you were you oh, were in, yeah. those, in the group chat like way behind. Yeah, yeah, I was like at least like a minute and a half. At one Almost point, two. I was like, "Is Rigo still watching the game?" Bro, I, I like, forgot about. The, I had already <laughs> forgot about the game when Rigo's like, when "Rigo finally saw the game." Oh yeah. <laughs> like so, ten minutes later. <laughs> The last goal, when you guys fucking put in the group chat, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And then, like, I was so delayed that fucking my 
my like I, I I use one football, and I use that app to like get scores. That shit updated me before I saw the goal, and I was like, "How the fuck did we give up a goal?" <laughs> and I, and then I saw the goal, and I was like, "I don't think Bolinho could have done anything there, to be honest." Yeah, but it's just it's just trash to fucking get a, a goal in the ninety fourth minute and, 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 and lose two and lose two points. Yeah, that that header, the perfect parabola it took. Yeah, the wig snuck in under the crossbar. I'm, that's that's not happening again. It was just a crazy play. It's a it's a FIFA goal. Definitely is a FIFA goal. Like a 90th minute FIFA goal. Oh, I yeah, wanted to throw my control through TV. Well, it seems like they <laughs> seems like they practice that play. I mean, because he was aiming right for his head. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was total luck, but. It was, it's for sure like a FIFA type goal, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I think it was Iramir that was covering the dude. Gave him so much space. Gave him all that space and time. I don't know what he. I don't know what Iramir was doing, but he completely forgot about the guy. Yeah, because everybody like dropped back to yeah. like thinking that was going to be like a regular cross. and But then he like, you know. Yeah, that's probably what threw him off. Yeah, because they're right at the he, guy. They're like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> and then bam, heads it in. Well, trash ending. Yes. Yeah, let's forget about that fucking game. <laughs> so many emotions, bro. We were so happy at one point. We were so sad, happy, sad. <laughs> yeah. Really sad by the end of it. It was like happy, sad, fucking fire the coach. Never mind. I'm fully on board with firing him. Oh, yeah. Now we're all on board, right? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't yeah. on board like a couple weeks ago because I was like, you know what? Can't fire a coach midway through the season, blah blah. But no, I'm over. Try telling you, man. This is what happens? The same thing, man. The Mourinho effect. I could easily he see doesn't, us. He doesn't know what he's doing. Man. He's he's he doesn't know who to which which substitutions he likes. He doesn't know how to game plan. He doesn't know how to take advantage of the lead. I don't know, man. I could easily see us fucking missing the lead. Yeah. To be honest, nah, um, I, I won't go that far. I think uh, we played some pretty tough teams so far. I think our I mean, team, we're, I, we're getting I think our team is talented enough. We're getting to the to the tough part of the of the schedule for us. Well, we got Based Atlas the, coming up. It's not tough. Yeah, they're, they're aren't they like in fifth place? Yeah, but they're fraudulent. They're, they're fake good. Yeah, they're fraud. As, as, frauds. We'll, as we'll discuss in our next segment, but they're they're fake good. Just like Nikaxa yeah. was fake good, even though oh, we, we didn't take the three points. <laughs> they looked, they looked in. I tried, I tried to convince myself at the end of it, like, like just think when it was about to be three one, you would have gladly taken the point. But I couldn't, I just couldn't fully embrace that feeling because we were up three two with like ten seconds left, and I still don't know who that guy that scored the goal looks like, but he looks like somebody I don't like. <laughs> I can't figure out who. And that stupid dance he did. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you triggered. I am. <laughs> and it's like three days later. Four now, right? No. Well, when people are hearing this, four. So we're just going to piss everybody off again. Um, Anything else for the Nagaxa game, guys? Mm, no. 
Alright, well, yeah, no. I'll just read off some uh, Chivas news then. Then uh, we'll do Flo's Gambling Corner. Another sad week. And then <laughs> uh, we'll jump into... Well, I'll explain what, what's coming after. Alright, so this week, Chivas was missing Gudinho, Iramier, Vega, Brizuela because they were called up to the national training camp. Um, Chivas was also missing youngsters. They were missing... Uh, Alex Mayorga, Alan Mayorga, Alan Cervantes, Fernando Beltran, and Ronaldo Cisneros. They're called up to the U22 team prepping for the 2019 Pan American Games. I'm pretty sure there's no guy named Alan Mayorga. Is that a real name or did you just mix up the names? No, it had to be. I was reading the one, really? fo- the one football article. Like, oh. I get the alerts and they were telling... I read the article. It has to be right. If not, then I, I don't know who Alan Mayorga is. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Alan Cervantes and Alex Mayorga. <laughs> and Alejandro Mayorga. Maybe okay. I just combined them too. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to make one perfect football player. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Alan, today came out news that uh, Alan Cervantes was injured, got surgery, and will be out for about two months. And he was replaced by Zendejas on the U22 squad. And then some funny news. Cardoso during the week said Alan Pulido would be in Manchester City if he was a better header of the ball. Which Facts. which just gives fuel to the that Univision why, guy that why? keeps complaining why the fuck about the corners. <laughs> I don't know if worry about fucking... He needs to worry about not getting fired. He also... Playing Europe. I looked, I looked it up, you know, because I wanted to know more about this uh, better header Alan Pulido thing. And I guess a few months ago, he compared Alan Cervantes to Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, man. <laughs> Did he really? According to this article, um, it says, a few months ago, Cardoso compared Alan Cervantes to Manchester City midf- midfielder Kevin De Bruyne, and oh, now man. he has expressed his belief that Alan Pulido is good enough to play in Pep Floriola's team. <laughs> All right, so, That's a fact, though. I, so, I, was big, I was big on Alan Cervantes last season. I can God, see it. God also def- definitely has a uh, Liga MX ENG uh, burner Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the one that starts all those rumors. <laughs> Maybe. The one that people just run with. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that's it for Chivas news. Unless you guys saw anything else worth mentioning. No, that's it. Now nah, let's just hope uh, you I mean, here get some confidence. Being R- Rigo, you you wouldn't really know, right? I mean, uh, Vega. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know any of that stuff. The offline life. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I just, I just watch the games. That <laughs> sounds trash. Just watching the games. That sounds trash. I know. On a 10 minute delay, but without us, you wouldn't even know. <laughs> oh my god. It was so bad. Alright, let's. Alright, Flo. Let's do uh, Flo's Gambling Corner. Alright. You got some SPM music yet? I would say, do I have some theme music yet, man? Come on. <laughs> uh, well, when, when we. When you, you know what? When we win money. We'll 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 get you theme music. We can't afford the theme music right now. I need I need I need some SPM. That one line. 
next week. Ben 50 G's on my boy, De La Hoya. (laughs) 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 But yeah. But all right. So let me remember. So last week on the podcast, we didn't really pick a bet, right? We said we wanted to wait until we saw the lineups and and everything. So uh, the day of, we decided to just bet on Chivas to win because... I forget why, but all right. The other option was a, a shutout win, but we're like uh, Regal was like, "No, nah, they're not gonna shut them out. Let's just bet on them to win," which was a good bet. It seemed like until the ninety fourth minute when our hearts got broken. So, what is this now? Zero and three, zero and four. Yeah, we're where are we down? Like one fifty. Yeah, I think we're down $150. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, bro. More like Flo's gambling debt corner. <laughs> so basically just a uh, bet opposite of what we say here. <laughs> but I was I was telling Varo, like, I think it's just whenever I bet on, on Chivas. Like, earlier this, in the midweek, I bet on PSG to beat Van United, and that hit. So I think it's just Chivas. I don't think I'm just cursed. But moving on. <laughs> this week versus Atlas, uh, Chivas is actually favored by half a goal. Um, so if you want to bet for to Chivas to just win the game outright, it's even money. So you bet 50, you win 50. The over-under is at two goals. And the under, or the over, is actually the favorite. So... Vegas thinks they're going to score over two goals. So if you think under, you can win a lot of money there. And the last one, if you think uh, Chivas is going to get the the shutout win, if you still believe in our defense, even after giving up the three goals, um, it's plus 215 or 215. So if you bet 50 bucks, you win like 130 or something. So, kind of go, what do you guys think? Go home. I know we're down one fifty. I mean, we might as well go really big, right? <laughs> kind of. Are we trying to make like a dent into the <laughs> into the losses? Bar, Can we can time we predict the correct up. score? Uh, <laughs> if you predict the correct score exactly, you win like all kinds of money. Like, if, yeah. let's just say they win two one. So if we bet that Chivas wins two to one. It's plus eight hundred. So you bet fifty, you win like four hundred. Dang. Well, well, you you guys will hear our predictions later, um, but um, I don't know. I got What's Rigo. I don't know what Rigo's prediction is. Oh yeah, Rigo, what do you predict for uh, Saturday's game? Because you didn't, you were on the call yesterday. Uh, I do. I think I would do two one Chivas. All right, two one. Rigo said it. I'm putting in the bet fifty dollars. I just think the de- I think while Atlas has good offense, their defense stinks. Yeah. Trash. And they're gonna try and bring the game to Chivas, and I think that's what's gonna open them up. And I also think Chivas is very dominant at points in games. Um, so if they can, our biggest issue is obviously scoring, but I think Chivas could definitely take it. Scoring in Ponce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got exposed, man. All right, guys. So that's Flo's Gambling Corner. Um, we'll tweet out. This week I'll remember to tweet out the uh, 
the options let, let you guys yeah. vote. And um, now we were joined by uh, Ramon from the Paradero Boys Twitter account. They also do like a podcast. They have a webpage. If you guys are Atlas fans or want to dive more into uh, League IMX ENG content, check them out. And then um, we kind of, we're going to air our side of like our point of view for the Chivas Atlas game as well. Because um, we did it for their podcast, so you're going to listen to their segment on our podcast. It sounds weird, but I'm going to make it make sense when I mix everything together. So, for now, we are out. Peace, please. Hey guys, and now we have uh, Ramon from the Paradero Boys podcast joining us he is an atlas fan if, if you guys don't know i think they're the most loyal fans in the world <laughs> <laughs> what's up ramon what's up how are you doing guys pretty good man how you doing yeah perfect 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 looking forward to saturday's game yeah I'll always look forward to a classic all right no matter yep. what no matter what happened the matter week before what. always look forward to it no matter what position, no matter what happened the week before, I was looking forward to it. Yep. Exactly. So, we, Ramon, you were telling us about the game against Puebla that you guys just had. Um, just, like, summar- summarize it up for us. Yeah, that 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 Puebla game summarizes some of Atlas history. Uh, it, it was your classic <laughs> Atlas letdown game. Atlas had been playing really, really good um, in, in recent weeks. I have, like like three theories of um, on what happened in that game one is i think uh they played way too many games on on january uh, coach uh, angel guillermo hoyos didn't make uh, many movements between the league and the and the copa mx games and i think that that fatigue or, or something caught up to them uh, in this in this polo game especially at, at the final minutes of the game the other thing, I think Atlas like didn't take Puebla seriously. They scored uh, that first goal in the 15 minutes. Jesus had scored that one, and like they they gave Puebla the opportunity the opportunity to size control of the game, and after that, the Omar Gonzalez terrific, awful mistake uh, that Puebla capitalized with the. Christian Tabo, former Atlas player, scoring that uh, that that goal, and in the second half, Atlas just couldn't get past Puebla's uh, defense. I think Puebla was very content with with the point, and yeah, just in the in the final five minutes, the usual Atlas stuff happened, and another former Atlas player, Alustiza, scored that the two-one. To give Puebla the the win, it was a, a very very disappointing win, just by the fact that Atlas had been playing really well and that they had the opportunity to to tie Monterrey at the top. Now, Ramon, I have a question. You said uh, that they had a lot of games to play. Are you saying that they haven't made a lot of subs from Copa and and Liga? Are they keeping the same players in both games? Pretty much the same players, just uh, moving that uh, the two two youngsters. Yeah, yeah, so they they don't get in into trouble, but yeah, overall they they played the same the same guys. 
And I think uh, also that played a part for the Lorenzo Reyes injury. I think um, kind of reminds me of the Kobe Bryant injury back in 2012, I think. Just playing too too many games in, in a short period of time. Yeah, especially in, especially in Mexico, where that's really something that they're not used to. I mean, in Europe, that's something that they're more used to playing frequent games. But in Mexico, that's always that's always been a concern, right? Is that yep. they can never play too many games in a row. Yeah, and and the fact that that most coaches use a, a very alternative uh, squad for the Copa games, and I think the board of directors made made uh, the Copa like a priority for for Coach Hoyos. Okay. And he has been he has been taking the game seriously. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, that's. I mean, as a Chivas fan, that's weird because we, some of us don't even watch the Copa MX games, just because, like, these are the young kids that are playing and stuff, and like we're not we're not drawn to the games until it's like knockout stages. Yep. Yep. They, I, I think that they they should eliminate the the group stage. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you're playing. Yeah, it's not even. Kind of like, about that. Yeah, like we talked about it. Like we feel like, yeah, these kids. It's good that these kids are playing, but you can't even like really evaluate them because the 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 level of play of their competition is not that great either. Uh, it's a, a very different competition level. Yeah, and yeah, and, and after the, the knockout rounds, that's when things get a little bit interesting. I actually like that idea. Probably all knockout. Oh, like I'll stay. That'll be pretty yeah. good. Because I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm one, I'm one of the people that, like, I'll try to watch Copa MX, and they're playing against teams that I've never even heard of, and it's hard <laughs> for me to like really get into it. Yeah, I, I think Chivas is in that Simarrones uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's the other, what's the other name? Sim? Can't uh, remember. I don't even know. Uh, I don't even uh, know. Al- who I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Simarrones, yeah, and I, I think it's hard. It's hard for me to like. Even take those games serious, get into them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one solution would, would be like play just the knock on rounds, and the teams that take the tournament seriously will probably advance into the further rounds. Yeah, yeah. And the teams that not, I agree, but want to know anything about the Copa. I agree, but you know they're all about money. The more games yeah. you can play, the better. The better for them. Yeah, better for the for the TV. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And well, we. We just came off a, a crazy game as well. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. People are calling it the game of the game of the season so far. Game of the season. Yep. Three three against Mexico. Parts watched of it. the game. Some parts of the game. Uh, okay. I think I don't. I don't know. Chivas started really well, really, really well, and then Mexico like took over a little bit. Mm-hmm. And after the that penalty that Sepulveda misses. <laughs> Oh. Before that, I, I thought the game was over when when the ref called the penalty. I think Chivas wouldn't come back from this, and and then I don't know, it like some boost in in the morale of the team, and I they scored like five minutes later, I think, before, after the Sepulveda miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was pretty fast, and 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 I, I was shocked. I mean, I I went uh, to pick up some groceries. <laughs> and when I when I returned home and uh, I saw that oh, Chivas is taking over the game, then that didn't last long either because yep. they tied it with with like a couple minutes left in the game. Yeah, I think from a new, neutral point of view, that was a very very entertaining game. I think. Yeah, I think for yeah. neutrals it was great. For us, it was like, 
highs and lows. So, <laughs> it was so many. Yeah, we were talking about it's so many emotions in that game. It's it's you start off you're losing, or first you start off winning, so you feel comfortable. We're gonna get the win, and the next thing you know, we're losing two one. And at this point, maybe even a tie makes us feel good. But then we go up three two, and at this point, we're happy again. We're gonna get the win, and in the final minutes, it just kills us with the tie, man. And that just... the tie hurt, yeah, the tie, especially the goal, the way the goal was scored, like a little floating header. I don't know. Reminds me of those weird FIFA goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and and you're just and you're just like, what, 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 what could have done? Yeah, better, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what we talked about. One of those FIFA goals. <laughs> so so many emotions yeah. for us coming out, coming from that game. Yeah, but uh, like a lot of that was, um, we feel like it's just bad coaching. Because you go into the half, and not even 15 minutes, you know, 15 minutes into the second half, you're already losing. Like, what what, what did Cardoso do during those those 15 minutes that he should have, should have had his team ready to come out and just, you know, keep, keep control of the game? But um, I think it's like a recurring theme for us this season. And I think in the Atlas game, too, it's going to be important. We have to get off to a good start. Or else yeah, because we don't trust Cardoso to guide us through it. And, and and it's always like a really, really, really close games between yeah. you guys and us. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, usually, yeah. Yeah, besides besides that uh, quarterfinal game, <laughs> it's the, always uh, the Marco really Fabian really game. Close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great game. And, and, <laughs> yeah, but the first fifteen minutes after that, you know, and. <laughs> Down together. <laughs> uh, but like, how how do you guys? How are you guys? What do you think about Atlas so far in the season? For this game, uh, I, I think they've overachieved so far in the season. In my season preview, I seriously doubted a lot of aspects of the game. Didn't have many hope about the reinforcements. I think I posted that Atlas wouldn't make the playoffs. Like they would be able to get like nineteen, twenty points, but I, but I, I, I honestly didn't see them going for or, or or taking more points. But now, but now, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they 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 play really well, really well. Uh, taking part of the the budget that that Rafa Marquez had to to build the team, I think. They've done a pretty decent job. Yeah, they lost the Puebla game, but they also won against Morelia or some those other games that at the start of the season we saw them as a loss or a draw at yeah. most. Now, um, do you guys? Because we we talked about this earlier in the before we started recording that they did have wins over two teams that were really bad. So Morelia and I think Lobos is the other one. Yeah, is there is there ever a part of you that feels like maybe maybe we're not as good as where we are we should be right now, and maybe those wins were just against bad teams or or is the team just playing well overall? They 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 played well overall, but but yet I mean the that the first week they played Querétaro. I mean Querétaro yeah, has yeah. been, and the thing is. The confidence will play a big part because uh, the next games will be a little bit tougher than besides the America game and maybe 
Pimpo, Masad, Midday. But right. I mean, they, they play Chivas, and next week they host Tigres. And I think, uh, I think in two weeks they go to Toluca. That's also a, a tough game. So yeah, they've, they've gonna start like a pretty tough stretch of the calendar. But the fact that they already have 10 points, it gives them like a little bit of a margin of error. Right, give them breathing room. Yeah. Doesn't hurt to get them, right? No matter how you get them, you got the points. Yeah, you, you gotta get those, those, those points to stay in the hunt. Right. For the final weeks. Yeah, like, like our, like, we like to look kinda, like, we don't like to go by the table. We like to go kinda by the strength of schedule. And that's, that's what we were saying too earlier for Chivas. Like, we've, we've had like, our, we've had harder teams, I think, than Atlas. Leading up to this yeah, game, I think playing we, Cruz Azul, we had Cruz Azul, Toluca, Toluca Necaxa, Necaxa so Santos, I think Santos, who's in ninth. Yeah, like I feel like we've oh. had a a harder string of teams, and that's why I think you know I'm a little more confident in Chivas going into the game. Yeah, just, because just based um, on strength of schedule. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Maybe that that would be maybe one one uh, one point to to get to Atlas. The fact that that they're gonna start playing a little bit tougher teams. I mean, I mean, I'm watching the the um, the schedule and 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 the league table. I mean, from the first eight teams that are now on on top, they've only played America. Yeah, from the first. And the other ones are Querétaro, Morelia, Pumas, Lobos. Teams that are on on the bottom. So yeah, so right, so these couple of next weeks is where you guys are going to kind of start to to figure out in which direction you're really headed, right? You either yeah. going to stay where you are, or you're going to or start sliding down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the best is and the best scenario will be like Atlas, like hanging, just hanging around. Uh, maybe they they can steal a win against Tigres. That seems tough, but playing at the Jalisco will make things easier for Atlas. But yeah, I mean they just gotta stay afloat. That's where, where the, that that Puebla loss like, hurts. Yeah, hurts a little bit because they will have thirteen points uh, right now instead of ten. And I mean a loss against Chivas. Uh, they could get in some kind of trouble. I'm seeing like teams like America, Santos, and Cruz Azul just like creeping in that nine, ten place, right? Just waiting for some some of the top teams to to fall a little bit. Yeah, I guess that that Puebla game that you bring keep bringing up. I guess that's your uh, that's our tie against Veracruz. Yep. Like we couldn't we couldn't crack them, and then you know we could have had uh what 14 points at this point and been sitting just, in first like so it's like you know it's those annoying games that you crop points in that could cost you a playoff spot at the end of the yeah, season but those games that you that you see on schedule and you're like yeah we're taking the points and then the game was on and players can figure out the opponent and they start wasting time etc and and yep exactly all yeah. right ramon let me ask you this ramon is there one part of the Atlas team that worries you more than, than another? 
that that back lane, but with an asterisk. In the uh, back line. Yep. Yeah, because I was looking at the at the goals uh, scored against and the top ten teams, and Atlas has given up the most goals for the teams in the top ten. Yeah, so they, they've given out nine. Mm-hmm. Pachuca. The thing here is, uh, I I'm pretty sure uh, Omar Gonzalez won't play it against Chivas. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, I think they're switching to Nicolas Pareja. <laughs> I think they they'll, they'll play Pareja, but I mean Pareja has played like three minutes. Uh, he, he 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 does not have that uh, that playing rhythm. Uh, that could be uh, some some key of the game. Uh, Anderson Santa Maria has been playing really well, but the other if if it's either Gonzalez or Pareja. They've they've been pretty bad, I think, and the goalkeeper sometimes. But uh, the overall, um, I mean, I I trust I trust uh, Osvaldo Gonzalez, Osvaldo Martinez. Sorry, <laughs> he's been terrific. Bigon, who Atlas fans uh, didn't like before, but I think he's made a tremendous, tremendous uh, has had a tremendous growth. And up top, uh, Burban has been. Uh, Isihara, Isihara has been has been has been a, a surprise. I didn't expect much from him. And Facundo Barcelo, he has had a little bit less games, but I think he could be the solution up top because I don't trust Jefferson Duque, to be honest. All right. So, Roman, who who'd be like your uh, the player to watch that we would have to worry about? Like, who's the player that we have to worry about the most for Atlas? Uh, uh, I mean, the spotlight will be on Osvaldo Martinez. He's the guy that makes uh, Atlas work, Atlas run. Uh, from, that's uh, that's son from America, right? Osvaldo Martinez. Yep. Okay. Yep. He was previously with Santos. Okay. And before that, he was with America. Right. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I don't know how they uh, tricked Santos. Into giving Osvaldo Martinez for Brian Garnica, <laughs> but we'll take it. So, <laughs> Garnica, I think Garnica hasn't been good for Santos either, but Osvaldo Martinez has been a true difference maker for Atlas this season. Cool, cool. And um, for us, well, like, what do you think is the thing to worry about going into this I, game? I worry about the, the wings. Um, the left the left back from Atlas uh, Surita he tends to go up top uh, frequently and that would be one area where, where Chivas could take advantage of the left team back? and on yeah the left the, the the left back I'm sorry from that's Atlas what happened, that's what happened to us this weekend yeah our left back went up our left back went up once and left a lot of space on the back yeah I, I think that that's one part where where teams take advantage of Atlas. I mean, Surita has has had like three assists so far, but he tends to give a little bit of of space on that flank. And if you combine that with the fact that Gonzalez has been playing that center back, but on the left, that has been trouble for Atlas. I think that part of the of the field. Well, hopefully Cardoso switches uh, Brizuela to the to that side. So we can yeah. expose it because uh, Cisneros is not a he's not a Chivas favorite. 
Yeah, because on, on the on the right back, Edgar Saldivar, he's he's not a, a right back. He's a more like a CDM, but he tends to keep his sh a little bit more of his of his shape on defense, not risking as Surita can. Oh yeah, Ramon, let me ask you a question. I seen this brought up on Twitter. I think it was before the season. I, f I forgot who brought it up, but they said they were talking about Brizuela as an Atlas player. Do you guys like look at him and say that's one of ours, Brizuela? Mm -hmm. Maybe a few years ago, but but uh, right now, 2019, I, I don't think so. I've, I haven't seen much talk from Atlas about Brizuela. That 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 Atlas background is probably so distant by this point, right? Yeah, yeah, I think a, a little bit. Okay, I mean, I was he, wondering. He, he played he played great for Atlas, but you got to move on. Right, right. I was just wondering because I seen I seen it on Twitter and I was like, and I was like, I mean, but as a Chivas fan, I was like, I don't see him as a Atlas player, but I wasn't sure how you guys do. Yeah, I, I think they got him from a loan from Toluca because he wasn't getting playing uh, time. Yeah, playing time, and and he just played really well with with Tomas Boy, and I think he returned to Toluca for a few stint, and after that he went to Chivas, I think. I, yeah. That's what I remember. I think, and I, th and I think the Chivas fan base has really like taken him, taken him in pretty well, like adopted him pretty well. Yeah, and and from parts of of the games I I see from Chivas, Brizuela is always a uh, player that it's creating opportunities and hustling and that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, he makes things happen. Yep. <laughs> Let's start with the the questions, the the collaboration with with the guys from Chivas Norte. How, how much patience would you have with, with Cardoso? Oh, like I, I I on the podcast on Chivas Norte, I wanted him fired like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, I don't know Flo and Varo, but I have no I'll, patience. I'll yeah, give him this weekend. Luis is already done with him. <laughs> can't you can't lose to Atlas? If you lose to Atlas, then you're out. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's walking on thin ice. Yeah, yeah at, least, at least with the fans. At least with the fans. I, I I think he's he's gonna be around for the season. I think he's just like a like a placeholder coach right now. Once we have somebody that can come in and take over the team, we will. I don't think anybody really sees him as a like a long term Chivas solution at coach. Yeah, yeah I think. So I was gonna say I think uh, I think Chivas did really well in in the offseason and getting players and making the team better. Yes. So I think I just think overall we're a much better team than we were last season. So we're gonna win just based off being a better, maybe not being better coach, but being a better team, and that in the long run is gonna save his job this season. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably correct. And uh, Chivas has played have played uh, already some tough teams. On, on on their schedule, like uh, Santos and uh, Caxa, obviously Toluca, Azul, teams that are are a little bit struggling right now, but but overall, in terms of quality of of the squad, those are like the top dogs in Mexico, I think. Yeah, like eventually they'll they'll pick it up. You know, that that's like the good thing of playing I think teams earlier like the more stable more consistent teams earlier in the season because you catch them kind of not not in full gear yeah and 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 also picking picking up points 
Say mm-hmm. uh, we have um, eleven on the hunt. Chivas is placed in fifth right now with eleven, and Atlas a uh, uh, spot down in sixth. So, uh, uh, what's the general impression Chivas has left you after these first six weeks? Um, I don't know. I like I like how we're playing. Um, we haven't been outplayed. I think at any point in the season, maybe in the Nakaxa game for like 20-25 minutes, it it all went to shit. But overall, I mean, we salvaged the point. Uh, she, I think she was playing well. Like these new players have have fit the team well. Our they defense, adapted quickly. Uh, yes, our defense is much more improved. Like before this game, we had only given up one goal, and I think. As opposed to last season, at the same point, I forget what it was, but I think we had given up like nine goals already, something like that. Yeah, that, that I think that speaks volumes on on the on the team play. The fact that they they had already, they had only conceded once before the Necaxa game. Yeah, I think uh, the the inclusions of Iramir and, and Jesus Molina to the team and replacing Aris Hernandez, even with someone as Ponce who's not who's not really that good, but he's better than, than what Adis was last season, uh, has really changed the defense a whole lot. And it, it, it's been shown, I think, in these first weeks. Yep, and then up and top, it, Vega adds like a whole new dimension to our attacking that we didn't have in players like um, Saldivar before. Like, he, he can play on the wing. He can kind of dribble the ball a little more than... Saldivar could and he he's like meshing well with Pulido too so yeah a little bit more of a household name household player gives that uh, that extra itch uh, to Chivas up top yeah he, had, he hasn't scored a goal yet but um like we we talked about it on the on the Chivas del Norte podcast um like some of the media starting to question him and like is he uh you know the Mexican media loves to label players fracasos and they yep. already they already want to label him a fracaso but I, I don't think any of us agree and like we we like how he what he's doing for the team and like the goal the goal will come eventually yeah and, and that's uh, maybe the most important fact the fact that he's playing more for the team and and the team is um, playing at a different level that they that they played last season without him yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, how's Chivas coming into the Clásico? What, what do you guys think are going to be the keys for the match? I think uh, I think one of the keys is uh, our lineup. I don't think we've had a consistent lineup as much as we want to see. It seems like Cardoso kind of puts together a game plan of what he wants to do and, and kind of tries it. Um, this last game... He, he benched Beltran, and I think all three of us would like to see Beltran back in the game. I think if he's back in the game, I think I think we'd all feel good um, about our about our lineup. Yeah, and I think that that you could say the opposite for Atlas. They played virtually the same nine, ten guys in in the league game and the Copa games, and the fact that finally this week they won't be playing. A, they didn't play a. A midweek game, yeah, that could help them a lot in terms of uh, the fatigue that I think 
they showed a little bit in the in the Premier game, and that could be on on my part that could be one of the keys for Atlas in terms of thinking about a victory. Yeah, for me, I think uh, one of the keys for Chivas is going to be is is going back to being that that solid defensive team that we showed we were all season and and last season last week we didn't show. So I think first and foremost, it's, for us, it's going to start with our defense. Is Iramir and Jesus Molina. And like uh, Flo said, Fernando Beltran was a big part of that in the midfield. So I would like to see him back and solidify that midfield again. Yeah, that's that's going to be a a peculiar matchup. Atlas is one of the top scoring teams. I think they are on fourth place overall. And Chivas is the best defensive team. So that will be that could play a a huge part in 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 the game. The fact that Chivas could uh, control contain the 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 offense of of Atlas, the, the dynamic that Atlas brings. And on the other hand, uh, Atlas is one of the teams that has given them some of the most goals. I think they are tied at the third worst with mm-hmm. Pachuca and Puebla. So that's that's one part of Atlas. I mean, we haven't we haven't scored a lot either, <laughs> but but I but like we said, like I have I have confidence in the way that Pulido and Vega have played. So I think offensively, Pulido, I look for him to be like the key to the game offensively. Uh, he 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 could uh, cause a little bit of of troubles. Hopefully, uh, Coach uh, Angel Guillermo Hoyos won't play uh, Omar Gonzalez. He has been very regular so far. And maybe Nicolas his whole Pareja. career he's been regular. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can play Nicolas Pareja, and and the team can perform a little bit better on on the back line. I mean, I just I just hope Atlas comes to play, kind of like Necaxa came to play this this last this last this last game. Make it fun. Yeah, because we like we we played Veracruz and we couldn't score a goal on them because they were content with parking the bus. For ninety minutes, and um, we just couldn't crack them. And I think Chivas yeah. kind of struggles a little when the team is content with sitting back. And if we don't score like in the first half, the team kind of just loses its form and gets maybe a little desperate. So I think, I think a back and forth would suit Chivas. I don't know how you how you would feel if it was a back and forth game, but as a the way the defense has been playing and the way that the offense is has started to click I think that would be like key it makes a back and forth game like it was against Nagaxa I think the the goals will come for Chivas yeah just based on, on recent history I don't think it's going to be that back and forth game I think it's going to be more of a physical game uh, really intense close game on on the on the midfield side I mean just overall in the, in the last games they haven't scored uh, that much goals. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Atlas scored twice in the Apertura game. That was their their only win at at the the, the, the Chivas Stadium in 2017. In the last five games, Atlas has played at, at that all Omni Life Stadium. Atlas has only won once, and they've lost twice. And I think they've drawn another two times, so that that just keeps coming back to mind. The fact that the reason Atlas 
Atlas Chivas games have been really intense. Just by the fact that both teams want to impose their will, impose their strategy, and then they just like clash and can't create the most things that they have in mind, I think. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I mean, classic, classicals are always different. Like, we can talk about the build-up and, you know, our form going into the game, but I think at the end of the day, like, we can't really predict what's going to happen in the classical. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always that part of the uncertainty that the Classico Tapatio wins. So, finally, uh, we want you to give us your prediction for the game. Score predictions? Um, I'm going to go 2-0 Chivas. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go with a 2-1 win victory for Chivas, 2-1. A okay. goal. I think I think this is the week where Vega gets his goal. I hope. <laughs> I think he I think he's he's with the national I hope team not. right now. <laughs> he's he, he's training with the national team. Uh let's hope he gets a little bit of confidence and this is the week he puts one away. Yeah. Um you know, I, I agree. You know, it's a classical, so I I can see it being more physical. A more, you know, battle in the midfield. So I, I think I'm gonna go with the one one zero to uh, to Chivas. I think it's gonna be a, a really rough game. But I think Chivas pulls out a goal in the second half. I'm gonna go against all you three guys. <laughs> Shock. Shocker! Wow! Shocker, Shocker for everyone. Uh, I, I was gonna lean into a tie just based on recent history, but I think Atlas can. Can sneak out a, a two to one win? I don't think Atlas can hang that that zero. I'm 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 not confident in that, but I'm confident on a little bit on on the offense and the things that uh, guys like Osvaldo Martinez and being Juan Pablo Vigón's hustle and and Facundo Barcelo. I think I think Atlas can win two to one. I think. Okay. Hey, we don't okay. we don't we don't give up goals, Ramon. we will see it it will be a very interesting matchup and as usual it's always a pleasure to collaborate with uh, with people from the Liga MX community thank you guys for being with us hey are you you guys in um, you guys are in Guadalajara right yep Uh, me and Flo are going to be there uh, next month for the Classico. Oh. Should uh, meet up, get a beer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're down there. Sure, for sure, for sure. All right. And some, some tacos. And some words. Awesome. Take, it, take it to the spots. We need to know. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. We can we can hang out. All right, man. But, yeah, thanks for uh, collaborating. And I guess maybe we'll do, like, something else after. Just a little a little trash talk. Re- See who wins. A little recap. A little of recap. Course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. All right man. We'll talk to you Ramon. See ya.